Hike the trail? Check. Order takeout? Check. Schedule heart checkup? Done. We've all adapted to a new way of living. Keep your health care on schedule with Johns Hopkins Medicine, where your health and safety are our highest priorities. We're ready to care for you through virtual and in-person visits across Maryland and the greater Washington region. Your health, our experts, safely caring for you. Schedule your care now. Learn more at hopkinsmedicine.org forward slash safe. Hike the trail? Check. Order takeout? Check. Schedule heart checkup? Done. We've all adapted to a new way of living. Keep your health care on schedule with Johns Hopkins Medicine, where your health and safety are our highest priorities. We're ready to care for you through virtual and in-person visits across Maryland and the greater Washington region. Your health, our experts, safely caring for you. Schedule your care now. Learn more at hopkinsmedicine.org forward slash safe. It's time to talk the world's game from an American perspective. Presented by Three Lions Pub, you're listening to Two Up Front, where we focus on all things American soccer. From the NWSL, MLS, U.S. national teams, and all the way to the youth levels. Now in the studio, your hosts, Baxter Colburn and Simon Provan. Yes. How how was the trip? How are you? Uh, did you did you gamble? Did you win? What happened? Yeah, you know, whenever my wife and I do a trip like this, we haven't been to Vegas in 17 years, but, but we, we take money with us that we don't call gambling money. We call it losing money. Per- so, that's you know, safer it's entertainment money. Um, but actually, I, I did pretty good, Baxter. I, did you? I hit a royal flush this really? weekend. Really? Uh, I was only playing quarters. So this is your last show. You're retiring. And that, you're, well, you're flying, I, I wish it was You're buying a franchise. Win, you're like, I, you? Basically, I want enough money to pay for our vacation, which is... That's, there you go. That's the one great thing about Vegas is, is it, it's one of the few places you can go to and actually win back what you spent on that your vacation. True. So, so yeah, it was... But the most important thing is got to spend some lovely time with my wife, Sarah, you know, it's it's always hard to come back to reality. Love being back with our kids, but always a little bit difficult to come back to reality after getting a, a extended weekend away and just spending some really incredible, valuable time with my wife. Understandably, but uh, it's great to obviously have you back uh, on the show. Uh, I mean, you were you were here in spirit technically last week. I mean, you you skyped in because you right. were, you were, I was sick. <laughs> you were you were, you were battling the sickness, but I mean, it's nice to have you physically back in the studio. Likewise, feels good to be back here, Baxter. Absolutely. Well, we are we're excited to be back. Of course, at a different time than we usually are here on uh, Brew Sports, but traditionally you can find us here on Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Central Time live on Brew Sports. You can also uh, see our shows streaming live uh, on YouTube and on Spreaker.com as well. Uh, you can also find our show on our website, 2upfrontsoccer.com, the number two, and also go to brewsportsnet.com to get past episodes of all the great shows and interviews that we do as well here on 2 Upfront. Yeah, and check us out on Facebook. We've uh Always post our shows there. Any interviews we do, we post there as well. Just type two up front in the search bar. You'll find us. Give us a like. Give us a share. Thank you to all of you who uh, have already done that. Numbers keep growing, which is great to see. You can also check us out on Twitter, at Two Up Front Soccer, and our own personal handles, at Simon Provan, at Baxter Colburn. Yes, indeed. Time to get into the kick around. We've got three great interviews that we're going to get to in just a little bit. Uh, there's not been a lot of stuff happening 
really on the on the field to talk about Simon. But uh, thankfully, we've been able to get three amazing people uh, for three amazing interviews today as well, too. Uh, we're gonna off the field. Off right? the field, off rather. The field. Yeah, they might be on the field running yeah. around. Like, I was wondering why <laughs> people were running around with cell phones during the middle of the games last week. And I wonder if certain players were not playing good. But uh, we're going to have uh, Sky Blue FC Christy Holly uh, joining us uh, in our second segment. Uh, we're going to be joined by Andrew Dykstra of Sporting Kansas City. They're one of their goalkeepers. And then good friend of the show, Jess McDonald from the NC Courage, is also going to swing by the program to help us close things out as well, too. So full show, a lot, lot of things to get to. But it is the kick around that we like to start every show with uh, and some very intriguing things taking place. First and foremost, your favorite tournament, the CONCACAF Champions League, <laughs> uh, is taking place right now. Uh, Pachuca getting a very crucial away goal from yes. what you've been telling me. But where do we stand at this current point in, in, in time? Yeah, well, uh, great game uh, as far as the results. You know, I've got to be honest with you, Baxter. I've only been able to read about the game. And I know we do have a few fans of the show that, that love it when I talk about this. So I have to apologize for not giving my in-depth analysis this week uh, but again spending time with my wife that was a little bit more important than soccer it happens it does it happens once yes. in a while yes absolutely <laughs> uh, but it won one Pachuca against Tigres big goal as you said for Pachuca Omar mm. Gonzalez's club able to go home with that away goal which is uh, very important in this tournament obviously uh, but it was a 1-1 draw first leg of the CONCACAF Champions League final so this is it this wow. is the winner of this series ends up going to the FIFA Club World Cup. Traditionally, the CONCACAF teams have not done that great at mm -hmm. the FIFA Club World Cup, um, so we hope that whoever goes this time will, will represent the region a little bit better. Uh, Raul, Raul Lopez, though, gave Pachuca the lead in the third minute, Baxter, wow. against Tigres, so Pachuca was Playing feeling away, really good. As the away side. As, as well, the away too. side, right. So it looks like they came in with a plan to attack. Um, but uh, Argentine, and of course we know that Liga MX is, mm. is full of Argentinian players as well, um, scored a goal in the 32nd minute. That was Ismael Sosa in the 32nd minute. So both goals coming in the first half finishes up 1-1. So we'll see what happens in the, the uh, second leg. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously Vancouver and FC Dallas, the two MLS clubs, making it to the semifinals but not being able to get through to the finals ultimately. And I guess it does beg the question again, how long until we see another MLS team in the CCL finals again? Well, you know, I, I think with the format that they've switched to now where it's, where it's going to be all of a knockout stage basically for MLS clubs, they won't have to prep for as many games. There won't be that schedule congestion. And look, the last time the tournament, the tournament used to be the CONCACAF Champions Cup, and it was an all-knockout tournament. The 98 DC United team won that mm -hmm. tournament. Uh, the LA Galaxy, I believe it was 2002, won the tournament as well. So early, early on in say, MLS yes. life, they, they had a couple of championships in the CONCACAF region. So That's actually, true. I think as much as this format doesn't help them in the respect that it's still going to be mm -hmm. during the uh, early part of the MLS season that these games happen, I do think that these players won't be as tired, and perhaps it does help MLS get to that final, I don't know, maybe win this thing. Yeah, and that would certainly be great. It only boosts the confidence of players in Major League Soccer, of course, when you can go out and win an international tournament. I mean, it is technically, I mean, it's domestic, but it's international at the same time because you're not just playing people from your league. Right, right. And, and let's be honest, Baxter, you know, whether you're talking about Central American teams, whether you're talking about Mexican teams, these teams have been around a lot longer mm -hmm. than many MLS teams. Uh, they have a lot more money. 
that they get to spend on their right. players. So, you know, signs, my magic eight ball says that signs <laughs> still point to the Mexican teams dominating this, this tournament for quite a while. Yeah, and I would agree with you on that one as well. Uh, looking also ahead at the world of Major League Soccer, uh, the LA Galaxy, of course, still trying to rebuild, still trying to figure out how they're going to replace guys like Steven Gerrard, uh, Robbie Keane. I mean, of course, still even trying to replace Landon Donovan and David Beckham sure. at some yeah, point, depending good, on how you look point. at it. Uh, they go out and get a forward, a journeyman in Major League Soccer, uh, Jack McInerney, signing with the club, former Philadelphia Union player. Former uh, Portland former Timbers Portland player. Timber <laughs> player. He's kind of worked his way around the league. Now he heads off to the Galaxy to kind of help shore up the offense. Uh, a good, young, attacking player with some experience. Has a nose for goal. I don't necessarily know if this changes much for the Galaxy, though, in the sense that, oh, my gosh, you know, when certain players sign, it's like, this is a playoff team or this yeah, is a championship right. team. Jack's not that guy. But to the same extent, though, he still is a very talented player left and right, though. Yeah, he is a talented player. You know, Portland used him as mainly a substitute, came on. He didn't have as much time on the field as, as he was hoping for Portland. But here's the one thing to consider, Baxter. Giovanni De Santos only has one goal on the season. Wow. Uh, Zardes has come back from injury, and since he's come back, he hasn't scored at all. So you do wonder if perhaps Kurt Onfalo is looking at this as more of a uh, bringing some competition into practices. Uh, I don't know if we're going to see much time for Jack Mack. Um, at the same time, when other players aren't scoring, why not make a move like this? Why not make a move for a player who, you know, in five seasons with Philly, not not a lot of goals, but 25 goals with Philadelphia Union. Right. And, you know, last season with the Timbers didn't, didn't do much. Um, so he, he is the type of player that, that's going to challenge other guys during practice, and perhaps he does get a few starts for L.A. Right, and I think overall, I think he, he can only help the team. I don't think he's going to hurt the club, in all honesty, based off of how he plays. He's got, Like I said, he's got a nose for goal. He knows what it means to be successful in this league. He's had the experience of playing with a championship-caliber team in Portland. Obviously, he was the main focus in Philly for a long time as well, too, so he knows what it's like to have pressure on him. You go to a prestigious club like the Galaxy, there's that certain level of expectation and I think Jack Mack is going to be able to use his experience and goal-scoring prowess to be an asset to the Galaxy. Yeah, ultimately, I do think, you know, we, if, if we look at this quote from Pete Venegas, who, of course, was the, uh, is the GM for the Galaxy, the key words I see from this is he will give our team valuable depth, Baxter. Mm. Talking depth. So that says to you that he's not necessarily being looked at as a starter. Right. But, but, but still, having those in. guys that can come off Absolutely. the bench. Absolutely. Sure. You know, I mean, Alan Gordon made a living scoring goals after the 80th minute, basically. That's right. That's know? right. And, and, and we do see, I mean, one of the things Jack Mack has is is a nose for goal. He at least gets mm -hmm. in the right place. Uh, not always at the right time, but he gets in the right place. But he does he does have that ability to uh, sneak in a goal once in a while that you're not expecting anybody to, to score. Exactly. Uh, I mean, we saw him do that all the time with Portland uh, a couple of times last season. I mean, when he would, you know, he... He was the best at garbage goals, basically. Yes, he that's was, a great he way was to watching Chris Wondolowski highlights, I feel like, and was like, oh, I can do that. I can stand two feet in front of the goal and be like, oh, boop, there we go. Yeah. Oh, got a goal. <laughs> Woo. But you need those players, though, at the end of the day. So, you sure do. And he ultimately uh, proved to be valuable in that asset. Uh, speaking of valuable, also, uh, as we mentioned a couple of months ago, the NWSL signing their new deal with Lifetime to have uh, the game of the week on Lifetime. Uh, there's also the games being streamed on the Go90 app as well, too, which I've actually had a chance to use and watch some of the opening weekend action. Rachel Daly. He's that goal. Unbelievable. Left-footed. For, for a player to have that kind of knowledge and skill set to change and then cut and bend it to the far post, and not it's only, gorgeous. Not only that, Baxter, but it was against Casey Short, who's one of the quickest defenders in yeah. this league. She got turned around so quickly by Rachel Daly. Mm -hmm. We saw Rachel Daly have a fantastic preseason. Yeah, she's been on our show before, too. That's, that's right. And, uh, and to see her score the goal that she did, man.
You got If you're a Houston Dash fan, you got to love what you saw from Rachel Daly. Absolutely, absolutely. But you also have to be happy if you are a fan of the league based off of the numbers of viewers for the games on Lifetime. I know you've got them kind of pulled up in front of you, but what, what took place on the opening weekend? Was it a success, Simon? Yeah, some, most people I think would say yes, it was a, su a success. Just looking at the numbers here, 82,000 fans watched the first game on Lifetime TV. If, if you look back to 2016 when there was a game on Fox Sports 1, that was only 65,000, so a tick up from last year. But you do look at the previous years before that, Baxter, and the numbers were actually higher. 91,000 in 2015, uh, 177,000 in 2014. Um, but 2013, the first year the league uh, kicked off, was only 63,000. So, so it's, it's in the middle there, mm -hmm. and I think you, you can call that a success. You know, is it huge numbers? No, but I don't think Lifetime's expecting huge numbers at this point. They're, they're just getting started with this deal. Right, exactly, and I think ultimately you need to be fairly happy if you're an NWSL fan. I mean, this is a huge step forward for your clubs as a whole, trying to get their names out more. Uh, they've retooled the website as well, too. They have an app now as well, right, which right. I think They're continues. Doing right. you're, you're, this, this partnership with Lifetime and the A&E Networks, I think, is only making the league grow in its fifth season. And I think we've already seen that even just through week one as well. Yeah, I think the one thing you point to that maybe makes you go, hmm, is their pregame show had 131,000 viewers. Yeah. This uh, is an interesting fact when you tell right. me. Right, yeah. so, so the fact that it dropped down to 82,000 for the actual game. Where did game, those people go? Yeah, it makes you wonder. Apparently, let's see here. The 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 pregame show was was uh, was let in by the fantastic blockbuster movie Two Weeks Notice. Ah, of course. So people were like, "Oh, of course, Two Weeks Notice. Oh, soccer. Right. Well, this is interesting." <laughs> so you do wonder if if some of those numbers, which that that movie. I know I'm throwing a lot of numbers at you, folks, but that movie got 237 thousand viewers so you do got to believe that some people perhaps left the tvs on yeah. left the pregame on and then i mean i'm definitely guilty of that away. too the couple of times i watch tv i mean you know you'll watch a program like your favorite program and then all of a sudden you'll kind of get lulled into like at least a little bit of the next show depending sure. on what it is i mean I, I have no intent of watching hell's kitchen or american ninja warrior but sometimes it's on after the programs that i watch i'm like oh you hang around, you watch for 5, 10, 15 minutes as you get like, I got nothing else going on. And yeah. then you're like, okay, well, now I need to go do my life again. Kind what, of what we don't have stats on and we'll probably never know is it would be nice to know of those 82,000 viewers, was there anybody from that first group that saw the pregame show that thought, you know what, I'm going to check out this NWSL thing, see what this is all about? That's a good question. I, I don't know, and I'm hopeful that we can... Maybe find some sort yeah, of a number on I, that. I, but I mean, how do you know? I mean, the, the first time, you know, unique viewers, as it were, being like, oh, what is this? You know, sure. I, I, I'm Joe from Buffalo. I don't know anything about soccer, but what is this NWSL? I, I've heard of it, but, I, you know, whatever. And then he watches and becomes a fan. Who knows? Who knows? But it was a good game overall, though, too, for fans to keep an eye to watch, you know, the, the, the Timbers and the Pride. Uh, as well, two two zero game for some the people, Thorns. Some people call them the Thorns. Yeah, yeah well, it depends. <laughs> Portland, whoever they are, they do things and they win. PT for all of them. Okay? There you go. PTFC. The that's all you got to say. PTFC. They win no matter what. But uh, speaking of uh, the game and speaking of the league as a whole, as we mentioned, we have three great interviews yeah, to get to do. on the show today. Uh, we are going to have Christy Holly here join us up next, and then we're going to be joined by Andrew Dykstra of FC. Uh, of FC Wow. Sporting Kansas City. SCKC. Kansas yeah, well, City this, needs to listen, get their act together. No, no, okay? no. This, this is the thing. When you're talking NWSL and MLS, all in the same uh, 
kick around, Baxter. I, I feel for you. It's tough to There's keep all these names on, straight. Okay, like you have FCKC, you have SKC, you have PTFC. All it means it's a beautiful time to be alive and be an American soccer True. fan. That you've exactly. got all these different clubs that you're trying to keep straight in your head. Exactly. It's like I would rather have that problem where there's too much to remember instead of not enough. That's honestly. right. So without further ado, we're going to get to Christy Holly. Uh, and like I said, the, the other two interviews are going to come bang, bang right after that as well. And then we'll see you at the end of the show uh, officially to give you our MLS and NWSL predictions for the upcoming week. So without further ado, uh, we present to you Christy Holly from Sky Blue FC. Take a look at the interview. Three Lions Pub in Milwaukee, Wisconsin is just the place for me. They've got everything. Great pub food, a wonderful selection of draft beers, and a brilliant atmosphere, especially during Premier League matches. Check out the Three Lions Pub menu at threelionspub.com, where you can also find all their specials and the great events that take place throughout the year. Three Lions Pub, where across the pond is now across the street. Hi, everybody. Welcome to a special edition of Two Up Front, presented by Three Lions Pub, as we are here at the Attention Era Media Studios. Uh, we've got an opportunity to get into a great interview today on the program. I am Baxter Colburn, joined and alongside by my good friend. Simon Provan. There you go. I was trying to give you a bigger <laughs> intro. Fresh from Las Vegas. I, I, try, to, I try to stay humble by, by it. My good friend and colleague and the smartest man I've That's, ever met. There you go. Simon there you go. Provan. That's how you Simon keep me Pro. humble, Baxter. Yes, yes exactly. <laughs> uh, we get to do a lot of great interviews on Two Up Front, as many of you know. Uh, we had Rose Lavelle on the program a couple of weeks ago. Scott Caldwell was just on as well recently as well. Uh, and on today's edition of the show, we have three great interviews. Uh, we're going to be joined uh, a little bit later on in the program by Sporting Kansas City goalkeeper Andrew Dykstra. And then later on as well by, uh, I guess now, technically New York our new, wow, North, North Carolina. Carolina Courage. They yes. just need to figure out where they are. <laughs> North Carolina Courage forward, Jess McDonald. I was like, the new Carolina York Western Flashville Courage. Something yes, like that. Those yeah, people. Yeah. Jess McDonald, she'll be here a little bit later on as well, too. But now we get to talk to a man whose squad, uh, some might say, surprised the Seattle Reign in opening week play with a 1-1 draw. It is a good friend of ours. It is Christy Holly, and he joins us on the shopfootsell.com call in line. Now, Christy, a very good day to you, sir. Welcome back to Two Up Front. Thank you very much. It's great to hear from you guys again. Absolutely, Christy. It's great to have you back on the program, of course. Uh, so let, let's get right into it. 1-1 uh, one, one draw against the Seattle Reign. Goal coming from Megan Rapino, a penalty kick. And then you guys go back a little bit later on, get the penalty kick to draw as well, too. Uh, of course, Seattle, a lot of folks are expecting them to be a contender for the title this year. But what did you see from that game? And how did you think your squad performed in such a, a high-caliber game right off the bat? It was definitely, uh, it was definitely a very interesting game. You know, Seattle's one of the hardest places in the league to go. And, um, you know, if someone presented you with a point before the game, you'd most times take it. I thought that, uh, you know, there was decent moments within the game by us. I was, I've told the players already that I was somewhat surprised by the, the quality on the ball that we were able to sustain throughout the game. You know, it's, it's a early season game and you expect it to be a, a little bit more of a grind, but we showed some very good moments on the ball. Um, we seem to defend relatively decent. Um, we definitely had some some little bits and pieces we need to tweak that we worked on today and yesterday. But overall, you know, there was a lot of positives to take from it. And you know, Haley Kopmeyer, in fairness to her, she just got Player of the Week. She was absolutely fantastic. And but it's not to discredit uh, Seattle either. They were they're, they're a very good team, and they're very dangerous going forward. Yeah, Christy, I wonder if you could speak a little bit more about your defense because I, I think it was a bit of a surprise at how well they played considering uh, Kayleen Sheridan's making her debut in goal. You have two rookies in the back there, Kayla Mills, Mandy Freeman, and, of course, uh, Erica Skortsky. Am I saying that right? 
Skrowski, yeah. Skrowski, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, a, a young unit playing so well already together, I imagine that's got to make you very hopeful as a manager for the rest of the season. Absolutely. There's a lot of positives we can take from it. You know, at one point when the, U, the U.S. National U23 team was playing, three of the back four was actually Sky Blue players. So we're, we're under no illusions. We've got a very, very young team. Um, but we also have what I would consider probably the best female defender to ever play the game in Christy Rampone. So they couldn't learn from a better role model, um, someone who guides the line, who controls the line day in, day out. And she's very, very good at communicating the information that these players need to, to continue to improve on a daily basis. Um, so that's a that's a huge bonus for us. You know, we, we talk about the youth, but it, it's so important to not forget what uh, what Christy Pierce has done so far in the game and what she will continue to do for the rest of the season. And then behind behind that back four, we have Kaelin Sheridan, you know, and someone who we were overly familiar with. And, you know, from the, the moment we knew she was in the draft, that was the goalkeeper we wanted. And that's the goalkeeper we set out to to get at that pick. Um, you know, we stayed in close contact. I, I'm very good personal relationships with her head coach and her assistant coach down in, in Clemson. So we knew what we were getting. And... You know, I think she's going to do a great job in the league. She's still very young. She's got to gain her experience, and she's got to refine her game. But, you know, to come in and, and play the way she did with the level of maturity was something that was uh, very impressive and, and certainly very pleasing from many different aspects. Well, speaking of the goalkeepers as well, too, Coach, uh, one name not on this roster this season uh, happens to be Caroline Stanley. Uh, she was no longer with the club going into the season. Uh, from all accounts, from what we've heard, we haven't really heard much about what transpired for her no longer to be a part of the club. Was it just a personal decision? Was it mutual uh, a release? I heard rumors of a trade at one point as well, too. Uh, can you shed a little bit more light on why Stanley's no longer on the team? It's uh, it's definitely a difficult position, the goalkeeping. And, uh, you know, we, we felt that Carlin Stanley did very well for us last year. and We were, we were delighted with the progress she showed and the, the performances that she put in throughout the season. Ultimately, you can only carry two goalkeepers. And, you know, we had to sit down. We had to weigh up performances. We had to weigh up many different um, aspects of the, the squad that we were building. And it's certainly not an easy decision, but we, we felt that at this moment in time, Carlin... Casey was the better fit alongside Kaelin Sheridan, you know, and and we'll we'll find out over the season if we ultimately made the right decision. But you know, full credit to Carlin Stanley, she she did very well for us last year. And what was her, you know, ultimately she played a few games with Seattle. Um, however, this was her, her first club that she was able to get, I believe, ten games in under her belt, and I thought that was probably a great experience for her and something that'll be a huge stepping stone in her career going moving forward. Uh, Christy, obviously youth is only something you can work on with time because that's the way time works. Uh, but taking away from this game, what is what is probably one of the main things you see that you're going to have to work on the rest of the season, or at least for this next match coming up? Probably goal scoring because I think we created a lot of opportunities and, and managed to only score from a set piece. You know, ultimately that is disappointing. And we spoke to the players about that. We spoke to them at halftime and, and numerous other times throughout the, the game. We want to be able to control our, our own destiny. It's something we have to take out of the hands of officials, out of the hands of any variable conditions that, that we just don't have control over. So what we do have control over is what we do with the ball when we're in uh, dangerous positions. And I think part of it's mindset and, and the other part of it is ultimately just some technical training. But um, 
that that would be something that we want to continue to focus on, along with many other aspects of the game. You know, we, we have to continue to work on our defensive shape. We still have to continue to work on how we build the ball out of the back and how we, we transfer it through the thirds. But, you know, it, it was certainly a, a pleasing performance. And we're, you know, we know we've got more players coming in who people have heard their names, but maybe are not too familiar with what they can do. So... And just to go off of that too, Coach, I mean, as you mentioned with creating chances, you know, 14 total shots last week, nine of those on frame. I mean, clearly you're you're headed in the right direction, but that's something that folks have talked about a, lo a lot, though. When you talk about Sky Blue FC, there isn't one dominant striker that comes to mind, you know, when you when you talk about other clubs in NWSL. It's like, oh, of course, they have, you know, Lynn Williams. Oh, they have Keely Ojai. Sky Blue sometimes they're like, oh, Sky Blue, well, they're a nice, they're, they're a nice club, but, you know, they have a pretty, they have pretty colors, but... Uh, we, even last season, we talked to this with you as well. It was about you know sometimes you guys being that underdog team, and we had players on as well too that were mm -hmm. like, some days we don't even know who we are. Some days we we beat teams we're quote unquote not supposed to beat, you know, yeah. and other times we're we're losing to teams that we have no business losing to. Do you have a better sense of your identity in 2017? Absolutely. Uh, compared to where we were at this time last year, you know, we we're in a much better place. One as a team. Um, of 20 professional players, but also as an organization. I think we, you know, we, we spent a lot of time and energy really trying to revamp our images. You know, you and I discussed many times. Um, our identity and who we represent is something that is is so important to us. Um, it brings a sense of pride and, and a level of passion that hopefully is unrivaled throughout the league. Um, but beyond that, it was very important for us to establish our identity on the field the style of play that we we're interested in, the way we wanted to win games, how we wanted to achieve success. And I think maybe in years gone by, that just wasn't always there. So, you know, it was it's a process, and we're still very much in the middle of that process. But ultimately, where we are right now is we, we were able to pinpoint players that we felt fit into what we're doing and ultimately can help bring us the best success week in, week out. Um, and, you know, there there's definitely... I was speaking to someone not so long ago about the players we have. Many, many players are under the radar. They're very, very young, 21, 22, 23-year-old players, and, and that's fantastic. It's, a, it's I'm very, very fortunate as a coach to be able to work with some of these players, but we also have some experienced pros in there who are helping direct this and lead the ship. So it's, it's definitely an exciting time to be part of the club, and you know there's a lot of growth ahead of us. And I think a, a lot of people would agree with you on that one, Coach, about hey, you have these really young, talented players on your roster. Absolutely, We've talked right. about that before, too, where it's like they're still just trying to find their name and showcase the talents that they have. Uh, Coach, you're going to have that opportunity again to showcase the talent that you have on this club as you take on a team that has arguably the greatest young player uh, in the game right now with Rose Lavelle uh, when you take on the Boston Breakers this upcoming weekend uh, at Boston on Sunday uh, on April 23rd. How do you game plan for somebody so dynamic like Rose Lavelle and just the revamped Boston Breakers team? Yeah, I'm, we're looking forward to seeing them. We, we have seen them a little bit already this preseason, um, but there's not too much we can read into in terms of that performance. But we know I, I speak to Matt on a regular basis. Um, they're they're going to be a, a challenging team this year, a very good team this year. They're going to cause a lot of issues for teams, and they definitely have many players in that team that have a little X factor. In terms of Rose Lavelle, I mean, we – we don't want to become. We we don't want to focus all our time and energy on the one player. We definitely have to respect what she can do on the field. But we have a huge amount of confidence in terms of the players that we have, um, and and what our players can do to help nullify her impact, but also the impact of every single player they have. Because, you know, 
ultimately, if, if we spend all our time and energy focusing on Rose, they have enough players elsewhere who are exceptionally talented that could do a lot of damage to what we want to do this weekend. So, like I said, we just need to be respectful of that, but focus on ourselves, what we can control and what we can do within the game. And if we put out a performance that matches our potential, you know, we'd be excited about what the outcome would be. Uh, Christy, a question for you. This is an ongoing conversation question for you. We've had uh, Matt Beard on the show. He likes mm -hmm. to talk quite a bit about um, women's college soccer versus the NWSL and, mm -hmm. and the continued conversation of is women's college soccer uh, preparing these players enough for the professional ranks? Uh, you mm -hmm. saw some evidence this weekend that you clearly can make the argument that it, it's doing okay in that respect, uh, but would love to get your thoughts. Uh, maybe this is a longer conversation, but uh, would love to get your thoughts on the women's game in college soccer uh, versus the NWSL. Yeah. It's, it's definitely an interesting one. I, you know, there's many different viewpoints you can take upon this. Um, you know, I can look at our draft picks last year and our draft picks this year, and I think each of them would be ready to go in and play. Um, are they ready to go in and make sustained impact on the league on a regular basis. I'm not too sure about that just yet. You know, we, we definitely had Leah, Rocky and Erica do it last year. I mean, Erica played every moment but seven last year and I thought she did exceptionally well. Mm -hmm. Was she physically ready for it? I don't think so. And uh, neither was Rocky and neither was um, Leah. So this year with the players coming in, we have to be mindful of that and we have to respect it. But I think what the, the college game does is it's the, the players that go to the top colleges ultimately have a better opportunity to try and make the next level. Um, and there's some exceptionally talented coaches at that at the college game who understand what it takes and have a track record of producing professional players. But I think as time goes on, um, and with the strength of the NWSL going from, from strength to strength, the, the gap between college soccer and pro soccer might become a little, a little bit bigger. Um, the quality within college soccer has been and always will be very good it's just a question of can it keep that gap to a moment as the nwsl evolves and i guess ultimately that's that's what we're seeing with the decision by mallory Pugh and maybe other players to try and forego their college career i personally you know i think there's there's not enough money in the women's game just yet um for the players to give up on a fantastic education but, you know, we also have to look at what's developmentally right for them as soccer players. So it's it's quite a complex, um, <laughs> yeah, quite a complex one. And I, I'm not too sure what side of the fence I want to sit on, but I definitely, <laughs> I definitely think that there's exceptionally talented coaches within the college game that have a track record of producing players ready to play in the NWSL. Um, you know, and I'm sure they're, they're, they're talented enough and, and strong enough to evolve as the league evolves to continue to keep that gap at a minimum. Yeah, I think that is one of the things that does get lost in the conversation is that the NWSL is still pretty young. So this may even be a conversation that's a little premature right now. Mm -hmm. um, as you had said, Christy, yourself, you know, some of these some of these women playing in college, they're getting full rides. And, and in that respect, you could argue that they're making more money with their college scholarships than they would be in the NWSL. So, yeah, I agree with know, that. as I said, I think this conversation that it's a good one to have, it's a healthy one to have, yes. but, but perhaps it's just too early in the game yet, no pun intended. Yeah, right, <laughs> exactly yeah. in that regards. I mean, but uh, Christy, unfortunately, we got to let you run, but we appreciate you taking the time to join us uh, today on Two Up Front.
Uh, we wish you the best of luck, of course, as you guys take on Boston this, uh, on Sunday. And uh, we look forward to having you back on the program uh, in a couple of weeks or a couple of months or even tomorrow. Why don't you just come back? You come back every day <laughs> oh, be my, a guest my... host for us. <laughs> <laughs> no problem at all. My pleasure, lads. And thanks very much for having us on there. Absolutely. And, uh, I'm looking forward to you letting everybody know about Sky Blue being your favorite team. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for the package in the mail with our jerseys and official gear, Christy, any time. Uh... Yeah, I thought it already arrived, but not a problem. <laughs> oh, perfect. Because we can be bribed. We're not ashamed. We can be. It's, it's, we're, we're more than willing to. We, everybody has a price, Christy. But uh, we appreciate you swinging yeah. by, sir, and we'll talk to you soon. All right? Thank you very much. No problem. Much. Best of luck, lads. Take care. Absolutely. We'll talk to you soon. And there goes Christy Holly on the shopfutsal.com call-in line. Great to hear from him. Great for uh, everything that we've got going on. We've got more exciting action, of course, coming up for you uh, if you're watching the Two Up Front show in its entirety. If not, that'll do it for this interview here for Christy Holly. for those of you that were watching uh, here on Facebook Live with us. Uh, remember, you can find us uh, traditionally on Wednesdays from 10 to 11 a.m. Central Time live on the Brew Sports Network. Just go to Brew Sports on Facebook and like them there, and you can find out when we're on air, go to their website, brewsportsnet.com, to get all of our past episodes. And, of course, you can uh, listen to our show on Spreaker.com, iTunes, and iHeartRadio as well if you want to uh, engage with the show that way, of course. Yeah, you can also find our own Facebook page, 2UpFront, obviously, in that search bar. You can check us out on Twitter as well, at 2UpFrontSoccer. He's at Baxter Colburn. I'm at Simon Provan. All right, thanks for watching, guys. We will see you uh, if you're hanging around for the rest of the show in just a moment for the next interview. If not, uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks for watching. This has been a special interview from 2UpFront presented presented by Three Alliance Pub here at the Attention Era Media Studios. Have a good rest of your day. Hi, everybody. Welcome to a special interview here on Two Up Front, presented by Three Lines Pub here at the Attention Era Media Studios. I am Baxter Colburn. No Simon Proven for this specific interview. Uh, if you're watching the show, you obviously know that Simon was on the interview before me, and he'll be on the interview after this one as well, too. But uh, every once in a while, we get this opportunity to interview a bunch of different people uh, for two up front and sometimes the interviews just all just happen to line up at the same time uh, So we've obviously had one great interview already. We've got this one that we're just about to get to We've got one more after this as well, too So there's a lot of great stuff you're not going to want to miss so make sure you hang tight for those But uh, we've got a great interview to bring somebody back that has been on two up front before in the past uh, A man that plays goalkeeper spent some time out at DC United uh, Was the backup for Bill Hamid for a little while as well and got some valuable playing time out there as well uh, and then now he finds himself playing for the club Sporting Kansas City, who is one of two teams in all of Major League Soccer right now that have yet to register a loss this season. Uh, it is goalkeeper Andrew Dykstra, uh, and he joins us now here on the ShopFutsal.com call-in line. Andrew, a very good day to you, sir. How are you today? Very well. Thanks for having me, man. Absolutely, Andrew. It's great to have you back on to up front. Uh, first and foremost, so you, you've changed addresses since the last time we talked, Andrew. Uh, last time we talked, you were suiting up for DC United. Now you find yourself at Sporting Kansas City. Uh, you signed a one-year deal with SKC. Uh, talk to me a little bit about how that deal transpired and uh, your thoughts when you found out that you were leaving DC United to head to Sporting Kansas City. Yeah, it was um, kind of a long off-season for me. Um, the uh, you know DC declined my option, which was kind of expected after a, a back surgery I had last March, um, and then you know the number three had, had shown for DC United and proved that he could kind of stand in, and um, you know that I was expecting a, a boosted salary as well, so all the stars kind of aligned for DC to uh, to turn my option down. Um, you know they we were you know, in, in talks and trying to find a new club. And um, before the end of the year, I had asked DC United to loan me out to the Richmond Kickers. So I got about eight or nine games with them, including a playoff game. Um, 
just to kind of prove to DC that I was fit and to prove to my next club, should there have, you know, the situation occur that I was healthy and ready to, um, ready to keep on playing and continue my career. So when um, you, oops, sorry, not, not to jump in on it real fast. I mean, how are you feeling, I guess, after the back surgery now? I mean, something like that, you were out for maybe at least on paper, you were out 10 to 12 weeks, but how did you feel physically yeah. after that time had passed? It took a long time. I mean, I, to be honest, so surgery was last March. I probably didn't feel like myself until preseason of this year, um, sometime in January. Um, I still can't. So it was a, it was a, um, micro dissectomy in my back, um, which had damage on the nerve that runs through my spine. Wow. So yeah, I, I still can't feel my last two toes on my right foot. Um, <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, I've got a feeling that they're probably going to be that way for a long time. But um, in terms of the strength and, and getting the nerve function for the muscle function back, um, that came along. Um, but, um, yeah, we, you know, we hit, hit the off season, and all I did was try to strength train and do goalkeeper work to, um, you know, improve where I needed to and help the nerve. Um, and, yeah, it, out of the blue one day after training, I was actually out with Nick DeLeon. Mm-hmm. Um, doing some shooting drills and just kind of, you know, passing the time. And I got a call that Kansas City might be interested in, in picking me up um, and thankful to, um, you know, recommendation by our physical therapist at D.C. And, you know, the games that I played with Richmond, um, I made the, the decision easier for Kansas to pick me up. Um, but, yeah, that was it, it was a little out of the blue, but – um, I was happy to continue my career, and we uh, we actually had two kids in August. We had twin boys. I can tell. So, <laughs> yeah, they're in the back crying, but um, yeah, to to be somewhere a little bit more affordable as well has been great for my family. So so talk to me now, I guess, from a longevity perspective here, Andrew, because for those that know, um, that are following SKC and following your career, you're not starting right now for Sporting Kansas City. You haven't been a part of the six games that they've played thus far. Your your early thirties. You just come off a back surgery like this. Have you started to? Has the R word started to trigger into the back of your mind just quite yet, or are you still not even remotely thinking about that? Uh, unfortunately for me, it's kind of popped up once in a while. Um, you know, I, I had a um, there was a an issue with um, like a head head related issue in two thousand twelve that I thought I had to retire, and I had. Uh, a neurosurgeon tell me I needed to retire. Um, <laughs> and then I had another one tell me I shouldn't. And, then, <laughs> and you're like, I like that opinion I, better. I'm going to, I'm going to go for that opinion. I like, you know, I'm going to exactly. keep playing. <laughs> once I got the, once I got the okay, I, you know, I looked into some, you know, some specialist and had an angiogram to take a look at my brain and um, yeah, with a microscope actually. So they said, um, you know, then they said, you know, you're, this isn't anything big. There's, you know, guys in the NFL that have this and they, they ended up clearing me. So, you know, I, I had to face it then I had to face it when I popped my Achilles. Uh, so it wasn't the first time. Um, and, but to be honest, you know, the whole age thing is, is kind of never really factors in for me. Um, you know, this is supposed to be a goalkeeper's prime. True. I've always, um, you know, I, I've, I've always been a multi-sport athlete. I've always been you know, big, fast, strong, quick, 
you know, so I, for me, it's like, unless, unless what makes me, you know, the, the athlete and the goalkeeper I am go away, uh, I'm, I'm always going to consider coming back. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it kind of popped up in my brain, but, you know, I said to my wife, you know, we soccer hasn't been a, any type of a burden on us as a family. And, um, you know, we, um, I'm, I, I've done it for, you know, eight years. And I said, I, I owe it to myself to, to at least give it one more shot and see what happens. Um, you know, even, even if I came back and this year was a total disaster, then I would have known. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. I mean, and like I said, even though you haven't been on the field yet, though, the, I mean, Sporting Kansas City has still been a, a positive influence to give you that opportunity to, to get back into shape again, of course, as well, too. But do you, I mean, I'm sure this is a foolish question to ask, but do you miss being the number one goalkeeper as you got the opportunity, of course, when you were down in Richmond? I mean, of course, you started some time there in D.C. as well, too. But I, how are, is there... Have you been told by Peter Burmese, is it a constant goalkeeper battle or is the number one set for right now and you're just there as insurance, yeah. you know, just in case? It, it's, it, is, it doesn't matter who you are. It's, it's always going to be an uphill battle when you come into a new place where the starter is established um, because it's kind of his job to lose and your job to prove yourself. And it, it's, it takes time. It takes a lot of work. And um, Tim's been great for the, the club. And he's been great this year so far. So, you know, I, I'm just trying to – I'm trying to just do my job. And, you know, when the opportunity presents itself, step in and do what I can for the club. And, um, yeah, so far I think, you know, I'm pretty on track. And I actually got my first game – so it's it's very unique here because they have, uh, you know, the Swope Park Rangers that are yep. – Share facilities. Um, have an excellent stadium, excellent following, very professional organization. Um, for the USL level and the way that they manage it between the first team and Swope is is unbelievable um, it it's it should be a you know the gold standard for for the rest of the you know for the rest of the league to follow um, so they've they used uh, our other goalkeeper and they've used me la uh, last Saturday in my first game Um and their their beliefs at Swope are the same as, as Sporting. They want to play and play out of the back and use the goalkeeper. And uh, the standard is set very high. So when I go to Swope, you know, I, I'm using my feet out of the back and um, the same ideas that we have on the first team. So, uh, you know, I have some, some video now and some proof to, you know, Peter Vermese and my goalkeeper coach and my teammates that, you know, I'm – uh, progressing and um, you know I'm fit should they want to use me uh, last question here for me Andrew before we let you run uh, one soccer question one non soccer question for you but um, first and foremost uh, what's it been like to see the resurgence uh, the resurgence of guys like Benny Fellhopper and Dom Dwyer on the team this year both scoring goals both performing at just a very high level um, and then my last other side question for you is I know you're a Detroit Lions fan the draft is coming up in a week um, what do you what do you think the Lions are going to do with that uh, with their first pick that they've got coming up? All right. Well, starting with Benny and and Dom, um, I, I mean, I can't speak enough about the players on this team and the standard that's set and the the ability of these guys. Um, you know, Benny's an absolute engine for this club, and uh, going forward, he's 
he's smart. He's picks out the right passes. He's teaching younger guys. It's great to see, um, you know, and, and Dom, you know, talk about a guy with a hammer of a leg. Seeing shots from him every day is unbelievable. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> uh, he's proven he can get it done in, um, you know, in games now. And no, it's great. Uh, I, I'm not sure of Dom's age, but, you know, some of the, the older guys in the team are really um, setting the pace and setting the standard for this club. Um, it's great to see. And then as far as the Detroit Lions. <laughs> I had to I ask, know. you know, because um, you're, you're a self-proclaimed Lions fan and you're, you you posted pictures of your of your newborn sons on social media and Lions <laughs> gear as well. I'm like, oh, boy, those poor kids don't even have a chance. <laughs> yeah, at least at least they're not Cleveland Brown fans. True. It could be much worse. That is very true. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, no, you know, I've heard rumors that they're going to try and draft another wide receiver or something like that. And I'm. I don't know. I've always been skeptical of the the secondary, so I'm kind of hoping for for somebody to, you know, to pick something up like that. But I don't know. Who knows? They're, yeah. <laughs> it, they're they're I don't know. They're they're all right. They're they're a good team and well rounded and and it's you know their management and their coaching staff is great. So I don't know. It, it, they need to they need to figure out the the one real hole. And in my opinion, it's the secondary. But that's my non-professional opinion. <laughs> as someone that's a fan of the Green Bay Packers, Andrew, I understand the secondary issues as well, too. So I, I, I'm right there in the same boat with you as that one. But, uh, Andrew, I appreciate you stopping by the show today here on Two Up Front. Uh, we certainly look forward to seeing not only what you do for the USL side for Swope, but also for uh, SKC the remainder of the season. And uh, we'd love to have you back on the show again at some point, uh, if not to talk soccer, to, uh, to make fun of each other for the teams we support in professional football. So uh, I appreciate you stopping by. Uh, enjoy your day and thanks for taking the time today. Yeah, you too. Thanks a lot, man. Absolutely. We'll talk to you soon. There goes Andrew Dykstra on the shopfutsal.com call-in line. Uh, this has been a very special interview here on To Upfront. I appreciate all of you tuning in as well. We'll see you guys on uh, well, the remainder of the show coming up in just a moment. Thanks for tuning in. You know, to help you pick out the strawberries or whatever you're trying to pick out there as you're, as you're going along with your, <laughs> with your target trip. Yeah, right? no worries. Uh, but we're, we're excited to have you back on the show, Jess. Uh, we want to talk first and foremost, of course, about the uh, – I just want to get your thoughts about being back in North Carolina. What, I mean, we'll get to the games and all that fun stuff in a moment, but uh, kind of a dream come true for you, I think, from what all accounts from what I've heard, to be back in North Carolina where you spent some of your very you know, pivotal years. Uh, what's it like to be playing professional soccer now for you know, a team representing the, your state of North Carolina? I think it's absolutely incredible. And I think it's just an incredible opportunity, especially for my team, because I think at the end of the day that we truly deserve to be, of all places, be moved here. And it's such a, a soccer fan environment, and it's a huge soccer community. And I just think us surrounding ourselves with such a great fan base, a place where they know the game of soccer. I think it's just a comfortable move for us, and I just think it's just really cool overall. Yeah, you, you won a championship, obviously, in college uh, with the University mm -hmm. of North Carolina, and, and now you have the opportunity to do that with uh, North Carolina Courage, so, or NC Courage at the professional level. You won the championship with West, Western New York Flash last year. You, your team basically mm -hmm. moved, in code, including your coach. Um, and, and as you said, Baxter, we'll, we'll get to this past weekend's game. But, but how are you guys feeling about possibly doing that odd thing of repeating as NWSL champions, but under a different name? 
I think that we're just one of those teams that we're just trying to take one game at a time. Even though we are the defending champs, we try to not see ourselves that way because that's kind of the chip that we had on our shoulder last season. People didn't expect much from us, so we just came from that underdog sort of mentality, and that's kind of the same mentality that we want to have this season. We took one game at a time. We took one step at a time, and that's sort of our mentality is improving as a team on and off the field and just kind of learning from each game and just improving overall throughout the season. So I think that's just kind of where our heads are at. Of course, it would be great to win a championship, but at the end of the day, we're actually not even looking that far ahead. We're looking towards Saturday right now, and then once Saturday's over, we'll be looking towards the following weekend. So that's kind of where we're at mentally as a team is just kind of improving game by game and day by day in and out of, of training. And to be fair, though, you guys do have history on your side. I mean, FC Kansas City repeated NWSL championships uh, early on in the, the inception of the NWSL. So it's not like it's never been done before and you have to worry about chasing history or any of that craziness that, you know, the media likes to throw up as well, too. But so that mm -hmm. to an extent, that does kind of feel like help calm the nerves. But I, I do want to look back at this weekend as a whole. Uh, your team does get the victory in the, uh, the, the, the championship rematch. I feel like it was horribly underpromoted in all honesty. Usually when you have like the rematches in the NFL or the Super Bowl of you know people are freaking out about the oh this is revenge. I heard no revenge you know talks at all coming from the spirit or from the national media at all too, but how did you how did you ladies view this game going into it? Was it just a, a season opener like cool or were you like I remember the last time we played these guys, this was a insane battle down to the very bitter end and Lynn saved us, you know, <laughs> thankfully. Yeah. I mean, like, what was the thought going into this game this last weekend against Washington? Yeah, well, for some people, it was like, wow, we're we're playing the Spirit the first game. And it's funny because we just came off of playing them in the championship. So only some of us sort of had that mentality. It's like, okay, this is kind of a vindictive sort of game for them. But whereas for the other half of us, it was like, this is the first game of the season. We're still the same team as last year, whereas Washington Spirit is kind of starting fresh. They almost have a whole new roster this year. And so that was sort of the advantage that we wanted to take in this first game. And so some of us had that, okay, it's a vindictive championship game again, or it's just the first game of the season and let's just take it from there. So it was, it was sort of like a back and forth kind of thing <laughs> in the locker room. So it was just really cool to sort of spark that energy regardless of, you know, whatever person's mentality was going into the game. You know, Jessica, looking at the stats from that game is kind of crazy. Possession especially. Washington actually owned possession against you guys, um, yet you guys had 21 shots, uh, nine of those on goal compared to Washington's four shots on goal. Obviously, um, a big part of this was Stephanie LeBay, Having a huge game for Washington, Absolutely. but, but, Holy cow. but uh, you know, eight saves and, and some of those, and one of those against a, a great header that you had and, and her just taking it right out of the goal. But uh, you guys use a diamond formation in this game. Obviously, a lot of this was just moving that ball around quickly. Is that we, what we can expect to see the rest of the year with NC Courage? Yeah, definitely. You guys will definitely continue to see a lot of opportunities being made by us because we're such an attacking-minded kind of team we want to go forward as much as possible whatever opportunity that we see to go forward that's what we try and take advantage of and I think their goalkeeper had such an incredible game like wow her athleticism and even my header my header goal or my header shot I, I 
So you're looking like you should have been that. a goal. So you're, you're yeah, mentally like, just like, come on, man, Steph, let yeah. that one go in. <laughs> exactly. It just kind of took away my fame for a second. But uh, <laughs> it was she had such an incredible game that, um, you know, we just kept taking it at her, kept um, sort of testing her. That's, that's the word I'm looking for. That's all we want to do with these goalkeepers in this league is continue to test them because you never know when they're going to make a mistake and, I mean, even if we get the ball in frame and they make a great save, that, that's great for them uh, because that's sort of the competition that we need. But I think something you guys will definitely expect from us is a lot of shots on goal and a lot of attacking plays and sort of keeping people at the edge of their seats this season. Well, speaking of goals, the one goal that was scored this game came from McCall Zerboni. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, how, how fitting for a player who's played in both the WPS, yeah. the NWSL. She's played with several different teams. Uh, basically, uh, a representation of women's professional soccer all in one player there, scoring NC Courage's first goal ever. How fitting was that, Jessica? Absolutely fitting. And it was absolutely incredible of all people on our team to score that goal, I think that McCall absolutely deserved that. And it was crazy because she she called me off that ball right in time because I was I was going to go for it. And she called it, and obviously she had a better opportunity on goal than I did. And the fact that it went in, you know, it just sent an exciting chill throughout our squad and throughout our organization. So I think for her, of all people, she truly deserved that goal. And I just thought it was, it was world class. What is with everybody stealing goals from you, Jess? Steph rocks you overhead of your goal, and McCall steals your, your shot as well, too. I'm trying to be nice about it, too, so it's okay. <laughs> well, speaking of goals, obviously, last season, Jess, you were able to get on the score sheet a lot of times. Uh, your counterpart, Lynn Williams, also was the, the talk of the NWSL last season. MVP. MVP, of course, so, among other things, the national team call-ups for both of you ladies as well, too. Uh, what have been the conversations between you and Lynn in the offseason and after one week as well, too, to try to emulate and you know duplicate that success that you had last season this year? Yeah, so it's funny because we actually just had that talk uh, probably about a week or two ago that we need to kind of get back in sync together again. And um, the fact that we've been in and out of camps throughout the offseason, it's really cool to continue to get used to each other on the field. And, you know, if she needs to communicate something with me, like, hey, maybe position here instead of here where, and vice versa for me, um, our communication is just, it's top notch right now. And for us to be in sync this season, like last season, I think that we will create a lot of opportunities for each other. And hopefully one of us will get MVP and golden boot again. If it's not me, then I'm crossing my fingers. It's her. So I just think it's just going to be a pretty cool, pretty cool season for, for the both of us to play together again. Well, speaking of playing together again, obviously you, you know, that first game of the season was, you know, finished the way it is, you get the shutout, you got the first goal. Now you look ahead to what lies in front of you. So you go from one rematch, of course, with all the hype. Now you go play a team like Portland, who, as everybody knows, is always incredibly talented with stars like Ali Long and others among on that squad. How do you mentally prepare from going from this, you know, rematch of a hyped up game to now playing arguably the, the best team in the league uh, from a player personnel across the board? I think it's more excitement. Um, this is one of those games that we look forward to every season, whether if it's playing in front of their fan base or our own. They're just obviously an incredible team, and they're an incredible team to play against. So the battle between the two of us would just be an absolute incredible thing, especially for the fans and for each organization overall. And I think because they are so talented, we are a great team that can match up with theirs. And so – 
we'll just see who the better team is come this weekend. Yeah, similar lines, as, as you were saying, Baxter. I mean, this is a loaded team. Tobin Heath, of course, yeah. being one Christian of those players, players as well. Keep going down the roster. Right, right. But the great thing is this is also North Carolina Courage's home opener. Yeah. First time ever. Uh, any special events that, that the club is planning that you're aware of, Jessica? Not that I know of. Um, we've had, like, some video shoots, some photo shoots for the home opener, but anything – past that uh, I'm not too sure about but I'm sure there are going to be a few surprises there how excited are you I mean it's some people would say what a stupid question but I do have to ask you again it means you, a lot you, more you, though you, like when you when you're asking someone like Jess who has the history it that's means right. more that's exactly. exactly so so how excited are you for this weekend Jessica extremely because we get to see what our fan base is like first and foremost we get to see what it's like to play on such a beautiful grass field in front of our fans and in front of our family and playing at home specifically, we don't have to travel. So I think just getting comfortable in our own hometown, I just think it's just, it's just really cool and extremely exciting. I mean, it's just going to be an exhilarating experience, I believe. Last question for me here, Jess, before we let you run. So one of the last times we talked to you, you were just beginning your stints with the national team for a couple of different camps. You've had the opportunity now to go through a couple of different camps with Jill Ellis, get some international experience as well, too. What have been some of your biggest takeaways at the international level, getting to play around you know, world-class players on a consistent basis for a couple of weeks? Uh, what did you learn? How do you feel? You know, are you, is there talks about coming back again soon? What, what can you tell us about it? Yeah, I think overall it's such a great experience playing with the best players in the world. The cool thing about this squad is that each and every person on this squad will will give you some feedback. Hey, Jess, instead of taking this touch, take this touch. Like you have so many more other options because playing at that level, you feel as if like you can't even hear yourself think because everything's just going so fast. And so for you to sort of think before you make a play – that helps you improve as a player. And I think that's something I've definitely learned. And playing under Paul Riley has definitely helped prep me for an environment like that. And so I just think it's just been a really amazing experience overall. And, of course, I'm learning something day by day, uh, going at full speed all the time. Uh, just trying to think ahead of the play is just one thing I'm definitely going to have to improve on and just taking any kind of feedback I can from anyone on the, on the team and coaching staff as well. Jessica, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Uh, what, what a quintessential NWSL interview, oh, yeah. Baxter. Here we are talking to Jessica McDonald while she's shopping for her son. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it just it says, it says so much about this league and the players in it and, and people like yourself. And, you know, congrats on a great year. God's blessings on, on the mm -hmm. coming year as well, Jessica. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me, you guys. Absolutely, Jess. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much for taking the time today. No problem. Have a good one. Yep, you as well. There goes Jess McDonald on the shopfutsal.com. Call in line. Great to hear from her. Great to get the insight from her as well, too. Uh, we do have official confirmation she did buy the Power Ranger sheets for <laughs> her right. son she as sure well, did. too. Uh, so definitely, not only is she a smart decision maker on the field, but she's a very smart decision maker off the field as well, too, <laughs> uh, when it comes to outfitting her son's bedroom. But, uh, she, but she's know, just one of those great people, just one of those people you look at. When, when someone would ask me, what is the NWSL, I would say, look at Jess McDonald. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and again, going back to my comment before, for the fact that, you know, she knows she has the interview, yet she's out shopping because she has to. And, yeah. Uh, you don't get that in many other leagues, and, and to me, that's, that's pretty exciting because it, it does show how down-to-earth these players still are. 
Exactly. Will continue to be. Right, exactly. I mean, you, you, I mean, very rarely do you find someone in this league that is very full of themselves and be like, oh, I mean, I don't have that kind of time for you, or I'm not going to take a call while I'm shopping and doing these other things because I have a life. Like, that's great, though. They're trying to grow the league, and these are ways to do something yeah, like that. Yeah, and one of the things, too, that you'd see, and, of course, some people will say, well, you know, or argue that, well, you need to have some personality in the league, like a, a Dennis Rodman for an old throwback mm-hmm. name there. Um, but, but you saw Joanna Loman go down this week, and 11 minutes into that game yeah. we were talking about against against the courage um you saw how many players from other teams reached out to her on twitter and mm-hmm. you know get 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 healthy joanna you know praying for you whatever it may be yeah, I, I guess you do see that in some leagues but but in this league itself it, there's so much more of a connection no matter what team you play on between all the players exactly and i completely agree with you on that one and i just think that it, you well, the one thing you hear from so many of these ladies is that this is a family like i just my teammates aren't just my friends or my teammates but like i've got friends on other teams as well too and we are just this one big soccer family and i think because they're all in it together they're all yeah you to have compete. to be you know you, you look at the cba negotiations mm-hmm. that just happened they have to be in it together because there's a lot of players Players not making a lot of money in this league. Right. I completely agree with you on that one. So, well, we appreciate you guys stopping by to check out the interview today, of course, with Jess McDonald. We've got a lot more exciting action for you, of course, on Two Up Front. Make sure to find us on Brew Sports on Wednesdays uh, at 10 a.m. Central Time, 11 Eastern. You can also go to our website, twoupfrontsoccer.com, the number two, and also find us on the Brew Sports Network, brewsportsnet.com, uh, on their Facebook page as well. Yeah, find us on Facebook, pay, uh, Facebook Two Up Front Soccer, or you can find us on Twitter at to Upfront Soccer. You can find him at Baxter Colburn. You can find myself at Simon Proven. All right, for Simon Proven, I'm Baxter Colburn. Thanks for tuning in to this interview with Jess McDonald from MC Courage. We'll see you guys next time on Two Upfront. And welcome back to Two Upfront as we continue to roll along with the program. Uh, first of all, three amazing interviews that we just had the opportunity to see. A very special thanks to Christy Holly, Andrew Dykstra, and Jess McDonald as well, too. Uh, just three very humble but also hardworking individuals that it was just great to hear their insights about everything that they've got going on in their life right now. Yeah, it's always great to have the, the special guest on that we do have. We're so privileged, Baxter, to get the guests mm-hmm. that, that we do. And, uh, you know, so thank you to all of them. And, and thank you to all of you who sit here and whether we have the interviews out early yeah. or whether you watch them now uh, as part of the total show, thank you to all of you for supporting Two Up Front. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, it is time to get to our predictions, our MLS and NWSL predictions, which yeah. are brought to you by Redline Pub. Uh, we've, we've been in high demand, apparently, We Simon. have, yeah. A couple of people tweeting out and saying, hey, we need to know your NWSL predictions, so... So here you go. Yeah, I mean, might as well, I guess, right? So we'll start with MLS, and then we'll close with NWSL, uh, and then we'll be out of here as well for the rest of the show. So uh, one game taking place uh, on Wednesday evening tonight, of course, uh, the New England Revolution taking on the San Jose Earthquakes. New England's coming off of a 3-0 loss against uh, the Chicago Fire in Chicago. I should have known better, Simon. New England has notoriously been horrible in Chicago, regardless of how good or bad the Fire are. <laughs> should have just known. Yet I was like, oh, the Rams are going to be fine, and they get blown out. Schweinsteiger scores a goal, and then Namada Nikolic scores two goals as well, too. New England can't find which way is up, and they lose. I honestly think they lose tonight at home against San Jose. Well, I'm going to actually take New England in this game, Baxter. They're, un- they're undefeated in six games at home. True. So, uh, w- once again, not going to be mad if that happens. Right, right, you know? right. So, yeah, I'm going I'm to take the Revs. They're going to be hungry to come back from that 3-0 loss to Chicago. But Chicago looking really good since they got Schweinsteiger and Nikolic in there working well together, Baxter. But it yeah. pays to have hardcore international 
experience. It does. It does. Uh, so don't discredit that loss to Chicago too much uh, right. on the part of the New England Revolution. I think a lot of credit actually goes to the Chicago Fire for that. But I, I'm taking New England in this okay. game. Sounds good. Toronto hosting Chicago. Uh, that game happening uh, before the weekend kicks off. TFC is at home. Chicago, of course, as we just mentioned, coming off of a huge victory. Uh, Toronto last week also getting a victory uh, in that game against Columbus. Oh, they or, lost. Or, I'm sorry, yep, losing. Lost. You're yep. right, sorry. Mm -hmm. Two to one against Columbus. So looking to rebuild against what's really been a surprising Columbus crew team as well, but we'll talk about them in just a little bit. Sure. TFC at home against a surging Chicago. What do you think? I have got uh, TFC in this one, not so much because of TFC, but Chicago does not do very well on the road. Now that stack could be completely skewed when it gets down to it, Baxter, but they've lost. 15 of their last 17 on the road. So I, I am wow. taking Toronto FC on this one. You know, and you think that I would learn uh, at this point when to <laughs> stop predicting. But because of how Chicago has been doing, I'm going to use this as my upset pick if there is such a thing. I mean, Toronto on paper is the better team. But, of course, Chicago, I think, statistically is the better team right now. So I think I'm, oh, yeah, I'm going to go with Chicago in this game uh, as my upset for the week. All right. Philly and Montreal. Philly playing host. Listen, Montreal, Piatti's back. It's scary. <laughs> Uh, I think Montreal goes on the road and gets a very much-needed three points in the Eastern Conference, which we already know is always wide open, especially with the drop of Atlanta recently as well, too. I think Montreal gets the win on the road. Yeah, Philadelphia just not looking good at all. No cohesion on that team no, right now, Baxter. It's sad, it, it is sad. So I agree with you. We saw what we saw how Piatti revives a Montreal Impact yes. team, and uh, I am definitely taking Montreal in this one. Houston and San Jose. Uh, Houston. Um, doing still very well the last couple of games. Obviously, they, they struggled a little bit last week. San Jose, this will be their second game that they'll be playing in a couple of days. Mm -hmm. It's down in Houston. I know San Jose is used to the heat, but at the same time, I think Houston is out for blood right now, especially playing a team that has already played a game earlier in the week. I think Houston is able to get the victory despite some of the injuries that are still lingering for the squad. Yeah, surprising draw with Minnesota United. Minnesota perhaps shoring up their defense a little bit better these days. About uh, time. This, in this Dominic Kinnear Cup, as I like to call it, yeah. because uh, <laughs> he coached San Jose, then moved with them to Houston, and then went back to yeah. the uh, rebirth of San Jose. I am taking Houston in this one, though, Baxter. Taking Houston in this yes. one. Okay, yep. very intriguing in that one for sure. Uh, so we both have Houston for the victory on that one. Portland and Vancouver. So last weekend, Vancouver, uh, they did a 2-1 victory against Seattle, courtesy of Freddie Montero and crew stepping it up. Vancouver, they seem to be the real deal, but I've also been on the Vancouver side of fandom for the last couple of seasons, and I've always been sorely disappointed. I mean... Portland, as we know, is a very good team, but they did come off a 1-0 yeah, loss. They've been, they've been slipping up a little bit here, Baxter, uh, not getting the results that they want in their last three mm -hmm. or four games. I know they snuck a win in there, but, uh, you know, draw, a loss to Sporting Kansas City. Uh, Vancouver looked really well, really good against uh, yeah. Seattle. Freddie Montero, as you said, scoring two goals. And um, this is Cascadia Cup time. It is so Cascadia things Cup. Things get ele elevated when it comes to Cascadia. But because it is Cascadia Cup, Portland is at home. Mm -hmm. I'm taking the Portland Timbers on and this one. And I would one. agree with you on that one, too, honestly. I mean, I think Vancouver has the tools to pull an upset in this one. But Portland, as you mentioned, at home, it is Cascadia. They just lost only by one goal. They, they had a good showing in the game. I think that they're going to come out hot and heavy, but it's not going to be without conceding at least one or two goals from Vancouver. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, the Revolution now playing, uh, of course, over the weekend against D.C. United. Of course, a bitter rivalry, as some might say. I never really get the rivalry, maybe because I don't live out there. I'm like, why are D.C. United the Revolution rivals? But 
Again, I think it's location sort of a thing because location, they're so close location, to each other. location. Understand that for sure. Revs are at home. I am going to go with your revolution thing. And they're like, oh, they're great at home. So once again, I'm probably totally off the rails on this one. But the Revs at home against the DC United team that got destroyed 2-0 last week against the Red Bulls. I think the Revs offensively are in a better position than the DC United defense. Kai Kamara has been scoring goals. Agudelo, Kellen Rowe playing that left back position. Still seems to be working somehow for this Revs team. They're going to put it together and beat DC United at home. Yeah, I, that, you said it all. Okay. New England. There we go. I love when that works for us. We're like, yeah, yeah, good. All right, uh, the Red Bulls playing Columbus. Now, this is an interesting game because these teams have met numerous times in the postseason over the last couple of years. Columbus, as we mentioned, they beat TFC 2-1 to last week. The Red Bulls, they beat DC United 2-0, of course, last week as well, too. So both of these teams, offensively, everything seems to be clicking right now. Bradley Wright Phillips, as we mentioned, I believe, two weeks ago on, their, on, on our show, signing a new multi-year contract with the Red Bulls to remain as a designated player, to become a designated player. Become rather. one, right. So this is at Red Bull Arena, traditionally a hard place to win in, but New, New York has been a little sketchy this season. I have not been fully sold on the Red Bulls early on. No, and the one thing that you see with Columbus is uh, Miram, Kamara, both up there with four goals each, so the, the club likes to spread their goals around. Honestly, especially from Justin Miram. Absolutely, uh, but but you also have other players in there too. You know, uh, Ethan Finley's got a goal mm -hmm. on the season. Higuain has a goal on the season. Bill Trapp so, has been hanging around in the midfield. You right, know? So, so Columbus likes to spread it around. I think they have a little bit more of a consistent style than the Red Bulls. I don't know if, you're gonna, if you can call it an upset, Baxter, but I'm going to take the crew on this one. Okay, sounds good, and I'm going to actually call a draw on this one, my first draw of the week. Uh, FC Dallas and Sporting Kansas City is a unique game because neither team have lost a game this year. Right. So SKC is 3-0-3. Uh, FC Dallas is 3-0-2. Dom Dwyer has been returning to Dom Dwyer status, which I think should send shivers among every goalkeeper and defense across the league because when Dom Dwyer is hot, virtually nobody can stand in his way, especially for a guy that's trying to shore up his potential resume to become a U.S. men's national team player as well now that he has a citizenship. I mean, Bruce Arena in general would probably be a fool not to select him at some point, but to make it at the international level, you have to perform at the club level. I think SKC continues to stay undefeated, and they beat FC Dallas down in Dallas. All right, I'm going to take it the other way, Baxter. I think uh, FC Dallas is, is going to continue their winning ways. Uh, they've only played five games in the season right. uh, because of the Champion League's games. Uh, but So they've actually played more games than... Most other teams in the league this season, you, you a see a more great, sharp. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. So, so you're seeing, especially again in that midfield with some of their newer transactions that they've had in the off season. Those DP players, uh, both in the midfield and up top. Yeah, I, I see FC Dallas at home winning this one. That would be, yeah, I mean that's. I mean it's very hard to say which way or another you would fall on something like this because both teams are very talented. Yeah, the one wild card is it looks like Jesse Gonzalez will be the starter. Hmm. We we do see that Jesse once in a while. Has a, it makes makes a bad decision gaps, yeah. exactly so mm. so that is something sporty Kansas City could take advantage of, but True. if Gonzalez has a top game like he's capable of having, FC Dallas wins this. So I'm I'm, I'm sticking with FC Dallas. Sounds good. Moving on to RSL versus Atlanta. Listen, Atlanta has been on a downward spiral, unfortunately, since about maybe week three or week four yeah, since, since their big man got hurt, Jose right. Martinez. RSL at the same time they beat Colorado two to one last week. Atlanta only lost two to one against Montreal last week, but. Atlanta, they're on the road again. RSL coming off of a much nitty-gritty victory against the Rapids. I think RSL has the pieces and the experience still that they start to show their continued colors of being a very good club. It's not going to be a pretty game, but I think RSL still ultimately wins this game. Well, and the wild card here to me is Mike Petke. True. Undefeated under him, two wins in a row. And I agree with you, Baxter. I think they go 3-0 and under Coach Mike. And uh, RSL takes the win. Uh, the game that really has me surprised, and not only, not only surprised, but only just 
questioning who to choose is NYCFC versus Orlando. And Orlando has continued to surprise you and I. I think I've never tweeted and texted more about Orlando in my life than I have the, this, these first seven or eight weeks of the year yeah. because we continuously said this in the preseason, this isn't going to be a good team. This isn't going to be a good team. Kaka goes down week one. This isn't going to be a good team. And they keep finding ways to win and be dangerous. Finding ways to win at home, though, Baxter. True. Different story than, than being on the road. They The one road game they had was a loss this year, um, so they are 4-0 and at home. Mm -hmm. They're traveling up to New York City. I'm going to call NYCFC Smaller on field. this one. Smaller field. New York has not been that impressive, but uh, until Orlando can show better on the road than they did in their one road game, i got to take New York City at home. I'm going to take a draw on this one because I think NYCFC, they did just beat two, Philly 2-0, David V scoring from midfield because, you know, scoring in front of 18 yards is too cliche, apparently. I mean, he's an <laughs> incredible player, and I think the fact of his his talent has been everything that NYCFC has wanted this year. I still think there's some question marks for NYCFC on the defensive side. They're still figuring out the goalkeeper side of things as well, too. I think Orlando, because they've had all this, you know, late success and just a lot of success in the air, too, sure, a lot of their goals sure. have come from the air. If Kyle Laring can get on the back end of a, of a couple of crosses, I think that they could either draw or maybe steal the game, but I think it's going to ultimately end in a draw because both teams are still trying to figure themselves out a little bit more, especially on the road for Orlando and at home for NYCFC. Sure. Uh, L.A. and Seattle, uh, the second-to-last MLS game we talk about, and then, of course, Minnesota-Colorado. L.A. 2-1 uh, loss to Orlando, as we mentioned, and then Seattle, a 2-1 loss to Vancouver. Both these teams still looking for relevance and dominance in the Western Conference. Jack Mack, of course, signing, as we mentioned earlier in the show, for the Galaxy. He'll probably get some second-half minutes, I would assume, in this game to get his feet wet, but Seattle... The usual suspects have yet to really make a, a massive impact. Yeah, they they had a, a peak there a little early in the season where um, you know they they did have that four game unbeaten streak, but but three of those games were draws, and then right. of course they end up losing to Vancouver, which did surprise a lot of people. Seattle's lost their form a bit. LA's still looking for theirs. The one wild card here, Baxter, is that Seattle tends to be a thorn in LA's side, no matter if it's the playoffs or the regular season. Hmm. Uh, that being said. I'm going to chicken out here and take a draw on this one. Ooh, okay. I'm going to take the Galaxy on this one at home, but not by much. Uh, and then Minnesota United and Colorado. Never thought I'd live in a world where I think that the uh, the Loons would draw the Dynamo um, and then also go back to face Colorado, who they had success on earlier in the season. They're at home. I'm going to actually take Minnesota for the first time all season I'm long. I'm right there with you. I just... I just don't know what to say. I mean, Colorado, of course, uh, losing 2-1 to RSL earlier in Minnesota. If you can score two goals against Houston, who started off the season really well, you must be doing something right. Yeah, and as I, I mentioned earlier, they're showing up, they're shoring up their defense a bit. Uh, Colorado does have Zach McMath in goal because, mm -hmm. of course, Tim Howard suspended for three games for comments and an altercation that he had to foolish. and with a fan. Foolish, foolish. Yeah, it is foolish, and I know Pablo Mastrani is saying, well, you know, the league needs to do better with their security. Maybe, but still, you're the one getting paid $6.5 million to play soccer be professional be professional about it take it you're you're when you when you go into a stadium and mm -hmm. and you're playing uh with your back to the supporter section you got to know they're going to be yelling stuff oh, at yeah. you i mean uh, he and i'm not excusing him when he was in england right. i guarantee you would probably worse in england exactly and, and I'm, I'm not excusing that fan's behavior um but this is the game you're mm -hmm. played to play you're you're paid to play a game exactly do i have all the facts no but the one fact i do know is you're paid to play a game exactly so uh, you know uh, unless it was something incredibly derogatory mm -hmm. towards race or or, or whatever you want to say right. you know, perhaps that's a different story but still 
you're being paid to play the game, so be the better person. Exactly. All right, that concludes our MLS predictions. Uh, we now fly over to the NWSL side of things. Uh, week one already in the bag. Just to recap, Dash beat the Red Stars 2-0. Thorns 2-0 over the Pride. Spirit losing to the Courage 1-0. Sky Blue and Seattle draw 1-1. And FCKC get goals from the Mamas 2-0 against Boston. Uh, we look ahead to this week. This is where it all starts to get interesting. Some interesting matchups. Chicago playing host to FC Kansas City. My big question is, how does this team survive without Amy Rodriguez? Right. Yeah, Baxter. They did it for a season last year, so it's not like they don't know what to do. And they still have Sidney LaRue. Let's not forget that Sydney is still a very talented player <laughs> and, the player and scored that, a goal. And the player we had on our show recently, Shea Groom, had a, had a good game yeah, as well. Exactly. Uh, Chicago, that was the surprise result of the opening weekend. Houston yeah, you Dash. You took Chicago to win. I, I did. took the Dash I did, to win. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I honestly think Chicago still is one of the teams to beat. Agreed. Um, they're going to be at home. FC Kansas City, they're going to be trying to figure out how to deal again without Amy Rodriguez. Mm -hmm. That was a big surprise for them, obviously. I'm taking the Chicago Red Stars in this one, Baxter. Uh, I'm actually going to go on the opposite side of the fence, and I'm going to take FC Kansas City. I think because they were able to do fairly well last season without Amy Rodriguez, but now you get Sidney LaRue back, plus a very talented Shea Groom, plus the rest of the supporting cast. I think FC Kansas City is still able to capitalize on Chicago, still trying to get over the shock of last week, and Rachel Daly highlights flying through their back of their mind as well, too. <laughs> Just a gorgeous goal. Yeah, it was. Gosh. Yes, it was. Uh, pride in the spirit, battle of winless teams down at Orlando City Stadium. Uh, Orlando, of course, uh, trying to navigate without Alex Morgan for the first part of the season. They've also gotten rid of Sarah Hagen. They also just got rid of Cami Levin as well, too. Is anybody left in Orlando that's actually talented besides Marta? Marta, well, Ellie Krieger's there, of I course. Suppose, yeah. I mean, uh, Ashlyn Harris. Ashlyn well, Harris. Is there yes, too. Yeah. But, I mean, who's going to put the ball in the back of the well, net? Well, the problem is is that you're, you you wait until a week before the season before you cut one of your fan favorites and yeah. one of your starters in Sarah Hagen. Um, so I, understand this, that. this team is looking for chemistry. I think Washington could sneak out a win, but Baxter, I, I got to take a draw on this because, of course, Washington, one of their best players, Joe Hawk, yeah. Joanna Lohman, out for the season right. with her with her ACL injury. Uh, what an unfortunate injury, Baxter. If you haven't watched, just watch the highlights of the game, and you'll see right before um, the Courage score their goal, mm -hmm. Joanna's pedaling backwards, basically, and just ends up stepping on her foot wrong, and yeah. that's what ends up being the injury there. It's amazing how quickly the game can change and how quickly your career can change. Yeah, well, you know so. what? I'm actually going to change my pick. I'm, I'm going to take Washington in that I see them actually rallying the troops. Okay, fair enough. I'm going to take a draw on this one just because I think Washington has still a lot to prove. Uh, I mean, only registering five total shots last week against, I know you were playing against the defending, you know, Courage champions, of course, but still got to do better than five shots. And I think Orlando is still trying to figure out their identity with all of these players being gone now and still trying to get the chemistry back together as well. Allie Krieger can't rush the sidelines every single time that's and right. shoot a goal. I mean, that's, that's, just, right. that's not realistic. And Marta is on the other side of 30. She's only so talented. That's right. Well, that's know? part of it as well. <laughs> so yeah. I, I call a draw. I call a very underwhelming draw in this game, honestly. Uh, the Courage and the Thorns, that's game the of big the week. game. Yep. Game of the week. Uh, it's on Go90. That Pride Spirit game is actually the game on Lifetime, which take it for what it's worth, I guess. Poor choice, in my opinion. But what are you going to do? I don't think they probably also expected certain players to be gone at that That's point right. either. That's so, right. So uh, the Courage and the Thorns, I think you can go one of two ways on this one. You can either pick a blowout for either side, or you can pick a very hard-fought draw. Oh. So I guess I don't know. I, well, here, here, here's what I'll tell Undefeated you. Undefeated for courage, both teams. Courage are at home. It's their first home game. Yeah. And, and it's not like this is an expansion team. This is, this is a championship team that just changed locations. And to a location that many of these women are very excited to be playing mm -hmm. at in North Carolina. Right. Uh, so I, as much as as much as uh, 
the Thorns are stacked with great players. Mm-hmm. I do see North Carolina taking this game, Baxter. You've got Lynn Williams, Jessica McDonald up top. They work together tremendously well. You've got a strong midfield. Look, North Carolina has shown, and as, as I mentioned in that interview with Jessica McDonald, they like to play that ball quick. They like to play they with that, that diamond midfield, and they, and they do it well. Um, they got to get the ball more in the net, obviously, right. but, but who expected Stephanie Lobby to have as great of a game as she had for the Washington Spirit? Um, but I do see North Carolina fans at their back, first time opening the uh, stadium, or mm-hmm. not opening the stadium, but first home time opener. There, yeah, home right. opener. It, 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 everything points to North Carolina courage in this one. And traditionally, I would agree with you on that one, but it's hard to argue against, as you mentioned, the, the all-star caliber team that is the Portland Thorns. Sure. I mean, they, they shut out the pride in week one with two goals. This team is banging on all cylinders. Allie Long has been a resurgence on the national team. She's taken that down to the club level as well, too. You throw in, of course, the laundry list of high-caliber international players. I think Portland honestly spoils the party for North Carolina, yeah. but it still is the Can't close argue game. against that. Uh, Rain and the Dash. I think this is the game to watch this weekend because the Dash, as we mentioned, a 2-0 beatdown against the Red Stars. The Rain, the surprise 1-1 draw with Sky Blue FC. Uh, it's in Seattle. It's a 10 o'clock start on the East Coast. So, I mean, 7 o'clock West Coast, I guess. The late game, nonetheless. What do you think about this game? Oh, back. So this is actually this is a tough one This is the hardest for game for me, me to predict. Because Houston's looking really good. Uh, Seattle... Of course, great goalkeeping though from Haley Kopmeyer. True, player of the week. This player week. of the week. Good for her. Um, yeah, Seattle's at home, Baxter. I think I'm, maybe I'm sticking with home teams. I don't know if that's how my picks have all worked out, but I'm going to take Seattle on this one. You did one. take Washington to upset. Though. That's right. That's so, right. Hypothetically, you're not totally there. Listen, I'm going to jump on the Dash bandwagon again. As a Dash fan, I think you do what you do to a defense like Chicago Week One, and you see a team like Seattle struggle against a a team far less talented than the Dash in Sky Blue FC. You have to be feeling pretty good about yourself if you're the Dash, honestly, going into this game, especially when Ohio and Daly score week one. Those are the players that need to get going immediately, and they're doing that. And this is all without Carly Lloyd, remember? That's right. So yeah, if you're, yeah. you're doing this well without Carly Lloyd after one week, I know it's still very early, and I don't want people to start yelling at me and be like, Baxter, it's week one, calm down. <laughs> I still think, though, the way they played in that game, they dominated possession, they dominated the shots on goal. Houston, I think, is going to go into Seattle and make a big statement in week two and beat Seattle at home. Let me just remind you, Baxter, it's only one week. It is. <laughs> I know it is. That's what I've heard. The people, I can see the tweets already coming at me. Last game, Boston Sky Blue. I mean, let's be honest. Boston was horribly underwhelming in their first game. They were, and Sky Blue was very impressive. We talked about their young back line playing very strong. Yeah. Of course, Christy Rampone adds to that. Helps. Uh, Governor General. Christy Holly, he, he knows, well, Matt Beard knows what he's doing, too. Sure. But, but Boston is still in a, in a phase of rebuilding. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got the, Matt Beard has the players he wants, but I think it's going to take a little bit longer yet for them to, uh, to figure things out. I think it'd be easy to call a draw, but um, I don't want to call a draw, Baxter. I'm going to take Sky Blue FC in this one. There you go. I'm going to go for Boston on this one. Is their home opener? I think they put things together. Uh, I think that uh, Roosevelt finally gets their first uh, well, it's, it's, we'll see. I mean, it's, it's a team that you could possibly do that against. I just think this defense is underrated by a lot of people right now. This guy and I do agree with you on that one, absolutely. So uh, let us know your thoughts and your predictions, of course. Uh, we're all over the social media world on Twitter and Facebook, everywhere, of course. You can comment in the section below here as well. We'll definitely uh, respond to your thoughts, of course, after the game. But that's going to do it for us this week. Uh, a very special thanks to Christy Holly of Sky View UFC, uh, by Andrew Dykstra from Sporting Kansas City, and Justin Young from North Carolina Courage. 
all joining us courtesy of the shopfootball.com. Call in line remind you to find us here traditionally on Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Central Time on Brew Sports. You can find us on their website, brewsportsnet.com, on our Facebook page. You can also find us on our website, the number two, twoupfrontsoccer.com, and of course, Greek Radio, and everywhere else that you can find us that has great sports content. Yes, and of course, to continue the social media push, we can be found on Facebook as well, on our own Facebook page, 2 Upfront Soccer. We're also found on Twitter at 2 Upfront Soccer. He is at Baxter Coburn. I'm at Simon Proven. And don't forget, folks, check out Three Lines Pub at oh, some yeah. point over the weekend. They are a fantastic sponsor of the show and, and deservedly so. A wonderful atmosphere uh, over there. Great food, great people as well. So make sure you check out some Premier League games over the weekend at Three Lines Pub. Absolutely. He is Simon Proven. I'm Baxter Coburn. Enjoy your soccer-filled weekend. Thanks for watching. We'll see you guys next time on Two Up Front. With our manager being the one above, we are Two Up Front. Hike the trail? Check. Order takeout? Check. Schedule heart checkup? Done. We've all adapted to a new way of living. Keep your health care on schedule with Johns Hopkins Medicine, where your health and safety are our highest priorities. We're ready to care for you through virtual and in-person visits across Maryland and the greater Washington region. Your health, our experts, safely caring for you. Schedule your care now. Learn more at hopkinsmedicine.org forward slash safe. The sweet aromas of the apple fritter, cinnamon roll, and blueberry muffin are hard to resist. So making it the rest of the way home without reaching in your McDonald's bag is no easy task. But nothing worth doing is easy. Wake up and pair any one of these sweet, fluffy, frittery bakery treats with a McCafe iced coffee. Get any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. ba 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 ba